What's up, everyone? We're back for another week of Locked On Bucks, and maybe half the Milwaukee Bucks roster isn't available to work right now, but that doesn't mean that Locked On Bucks isn't available to work. We are here, start of a new week, tough weekend for the Bucks, back-to-back losses, but there's plenty of news to get through, so we're going to break it all down right now, including what could be about to happen with the Bucks roster. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Daily and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me right now is the frozen Justin Garcia of the Bucks Radio Network. But he'll unfreeze in just a second. There he is. He's moving again. Justin is here with me. We ended the week with Justin. We're starting the week with Justin. Plenty has happened in between. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. We appreciate it, whether it's via podcast, whether it's via YouTube. We all love it, but if you haven't checked out YouTube, make sure you jump on. At least hit subscribe, even if you're only going to watch one video a week or whatever it may be. Uh, we had a listener today reach out and say that normally this is on podcast, but every time that Dudley, Frank's dog, makes an appearance, he goes back and watches on YouTube. So even if it's just for Dudley appearances, Jump on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Now, Justin, uh, a loss to the Pelicans, a close loss to the Pelicans in a pretty fun game. Uh, A loss to the Cavs in not so much a fun game. That one was a bit of a disaster. More roster stuff going on there. Bud used a baseball reference post-game for that Cavs game. Do you have that on hand? I know you were listening to it. How did he describe Uh, this Cavs game? Yeah, it was a bullpen game where yeah. you just uh, basically you take all your relief pitchers and they got to, you know, you're getting <laughs> us through nine innings. And that's basically what the the gist of it was. Um, it was, you know, it was really interesting going into the game because we know how much this team under Bud has really looked out for player conditioning and player health and back-to-backs, especially with their veterans. It's not anything that we typically see the Bucks just say, okay, here we go. I, like I was frankly surprised. Giannis played in as many games, both games of a back-to-back as he did last year. So I think going into the game on Saturday, you were kind of like, I wonder how they're going to treat this with a guy like Drew. And it seemed like Chris was going to play Friday. I mean, he was listed as probable, then didn't play. So you kind of had the assumption, well, Chris is going to play Saturday, but does that mean Drew isn't playing? And then we learned um, earlier in the day, Chris is not playing. And there was no update on Drew. Um, and Bud, you know, wasn't asked about Drew and, and didn't have any comments about Drew in his pregame session. So it was just kind of out of sight, out of mind. But then all of a sudden, uh, when the Bucks started warming up, we noticed there was only eight guys out there. There were six guys at one point going through the layup line, what, like 20 minutes before tip-off. So your immediate thought is, this seems weird. There's usually like 15 guys out there now. And there were six. And then just before tip-off, 
there was eight and eventually nine. Um, but the ninth was Grayson Allen, and he wasn't doing anything other than rebounding for his teammates. So you kind of started to get a little bit of a sense going on there too of, I wonder if something's up with Grayson. And uh, then the starting lineups come out and you see no Drew Holiday and no Grayson Allen. So this is going to be a game where they don't have a whole lot. And even then going into it, we didn't get a definitive answer from Bud on, on Thanasis or Shemi Ojale. Just we hope they can play. So at one point you were even thinking, well, they have to have eight active guys, but will they have eight or nine guys active and they're only going to play six or seven guys? Yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense. I mean, the whole Chris Middleton thing, I saw some people uh, again through the week showing some frustration, I guess, that the Bucks aren't that open with the injuries or whatever. But listen, like the Chris Middleton situation, let's not think about this too much. He's been very publicly warming up in front of people in the arena. He's moving. We never saw yeah. that with Brooke Lopez. So trying to compare those two situations is just ridiculous to me. And in this situation, given the players that are out on the roster, why would you not give Chris Milton a few extra days off? There was no point in him playing in that Cavaliers game. I think obviously it's a great sign that Chris has been out warming up. And we'll see. Hopefully they start to get some bodies back. As we sort of discussed last week, this COVID stuff is just so unpredictable in terms of when a player can come back out of all these guys, Dante West, you know, Giannis, Bobby, we don't know when they're going to clear the protocols and be able to come back and play. I will say at least Bobby Porter seems to be doing well in, uh, in the protocol in quarantine. Maybe he's a little bit bored, which we could all totally understand. Um, but nonetheless, he seems like he's feeling pretty good, which is the most important thing uh, with all these guys. We hope they are feeling healthy, but there has been tweets just as we started recording this in regards to some of the rules that have come out this season when it comes to replacement players, we discussed it the other day. Is the NBA going to shut down? To me, it still doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're going to significantly change the rules for what the players can do. You're going to go into a bubble. Again, for obvious reasons, we've heard players that have just been in the protocols and they're saying, I'm not going back to a bubble. I refuse. They're going to have a really, really hard time pushing that through with the Players Association. So for that reason, that is why I think uh, the league won't shut down. And of course, I'm not completely ignoring the fact that there's money at stake here as well, despite the fact that fans are paying for these tickets where they're seeing you know, G League squads at NBA prices. So it's not fair. None of this is perfect. I totally understand it. But I can also see a reason why they think that they can push through this or, or the right thing to do is to push through this. I don't know. There's no easy answer. But that's just how I see it uh, right now. But as far as the replacement players, Shams, has just said that the NBA will allow teams to sign one replacement player for each of its players who are under contract that, that test positive, effective immediately through January 19. I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe this extends beyond January 19. We'll see what happens here. But then he uh, additionally said, if there's two positive tests on the roster, uh, they will be required to sign one. For three positive tests, two replacement signings are required. And for four positive results or more, three hardship signings are required, which, Justin, to me, that means the Bucks, by the definition of this rule, would be required to sign three players, I think. Yeah, I mean, we. I guess we have to find out, is this retroactive or is this just going forward if you get this right, many, yeah. like teams like potentially Cleveland and Atlanta and teams who – in the last day, the Lakers, we've started to see it bubble up, that those are the first that are going to experience it. Um, who knows? But, you know, it's, at some point, uh, I guess this is the path of least resistance for the league to just say, look, 
you're going to have to sign guys because you don't want to bubble. We don't want to walk away from this TV money and we're not going to pause the season when all that's going to do is put us right back in the same spot two weeks later. I mean, you can say competitive advantage and like sure that if you have to play a team that is dealing with COVID issues, is it a competitive advantage? Sure. But if we say, okay, let's pause for two weeks and then it resets everything. So everybody is theoretically in the same spot. Well, I mean, who's to say during that two week break, all of these teams aren't just going to get ravaged and we're right back in the same spot. So um, this is to me really the only thing they could do, but I, I think the, you know, the bad part, the good and the bad is the good you keep basketball on your TV and on your radio. And we have it to talk about in the short term here, but the bad is we're going to see a lot of games like we saw Saturday for the bucks and Friday for the bucks. And not just from the bucks, we're going to see it league wide where you're going to see a lot of guys that you're going to look over the roster and you're going to think I'm a really big basketball fan. And I follow the NBA pretty regularly. I have no idea who five guys are on any given team at any given night. Yeah, uh, seriously, it feels like we're watching the Detroit Pistons at times here every single night. No offense to the Detroit Pistons, our central division friends, but my goodness, there are some uh, average EA quality teams out there uh, at the moment, which actually is also having an impact on the G League as well. Uh, by the way, uh, Wenyan Gabriel signed yeah. with uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I believe, and I saw some Twitter commentary, and look, no no disrespect to Wenyan, who, by the way, I think was playing some great basketball with her, but the way I saw some Twitter reaction, I think Wenyan Gabriel has joined the group of uh, Mamadi Diakite, Christian uh, Wood, he's, yeah. Christian Wood. He's almost in that in that category where all of a sudden it was like, we've lost this guy. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, he was Look, right there. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's I mean, and, I mean, oh, by the way, we all remember Wenyan Gabriel two years ago and his, his run that he had in the bubble with the Portland Trailblazers. And I'm not saying players can't grow and get better year to year. I mean, especially young guys, you should. But when I saw all the commentary earlier this season, even before he signed with Brooklyn on Wenyan Gabriel and man, the Bucs are really, you know, missing it here by not signing him. Like, are we talking about the same guy here? That's, you know, I, I've always said, and by the way, uh, we do the same thing with players on this roster as well. So I love it. It's just, but it doesn't mean that I can't have a laugh about it. Um, when you're uh, watching a really good team like the Bucs are, you do get excited about these well, random G League as role players. Now that we say that, Wenyan Gabriel is going to come out and post like four double doubles and look like the second coming and, and all of a sudden be a two-way machine for the Brooklyn Nets, a double-double machine. Well, well, that's because he's basically playing. On he's a he's one of the team. only ones playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alongside, I should say, alongside the legendary Patty Mills. But anyway, we've got plenty more to get through on this show. But before we get there, I do want to talk about True Bill uh, because, uh, listen, we've all been in this situation before where you subscribe to something and uh, the business makes it very difficult for you to get out of that subscription. Uh, so don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control, of, take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying uh, for those subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, you can save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. And uh, like I said, these companies, they're not making it easy for you. So Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts. And True Bill will cancel your unwanted subs in one tap. And your True Bill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to do it. So just don't fall for these scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Now that's truebill.com slash locked on MBA. It could save you thousands a year. 
That's truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Uh, as always, we thank you uh, for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. The Packers had another win today. I'm telling you, I wake up every Monday and people are just losing their minds over the special teams of this Packers uh, roster team, whatever you want to call it. But they keep on winning. So shout out to the Packers fans that are probably waking up happy. Maybe it wasn't the best weekend for the Bucks, but it was a nice weekend for the Packers. So let's go to a couple of interesting points. We're not going to break down these games bit by bit because it's just kind of a pointless exercise at this point. But the one game that Drew Holiday did play, 40 points. We've been speaking about the offensive output of Drew Holiday over the last couple of weeks here because he really has turned it up. And the one thing that we've seen from Drew Holiday consistently since he's become a Milwaukee Buck is that when Giannis in particular isn't on the floor, Drew Holiday really is able to expand his role and become more of a scoring threat. Uh, And again, I don't have an issue with the fact that he plays his role when Giannis is the team. In some ways, it's so unique that the Bucs have these star players that can do that, but it is nice to know that he can be a guy that can take over a game. But I want to talk specifically about the last possession here, and again, in regulation that was. And again, uh, this was a talking point on Twitter, and it always is, and I think it's fascinating. The Bucs didn't call a timeout with seconds left on the clock. Uh, By the way, Drew Holiday looked like he was ready to set up a couch, have a little snooze with about six seconds left on the clock. Didn't even get the shot off, which was just absolutely absurd. But did you have any issues in general with the idea of of not calling a timeout? No, not really. I mean, especially, well, I take that back. I mean, overall, no. The only reason why I would have, um, I guess, been fine with it if Bud did do it is the biggest difference in this and other situations where we've seen Bud say, just go ahead and you know play through and don't give the opponent a chance to game plan something is, uh, the teammates that were on the floor withdrew at that time weren't you know guys that you have that chemistry you do with a Chris and a Giannis and, and Brooke even. And um, it, it wasn't the same group. So if you wanted to make a case for calling a timeout to me, that's it. But I just like going ahead and playing through it out. That being said, it was a little jarring that I had to look back at the clock a couple of times when you saw how long Drew was taking out there on the perimeter and thought, there was six point whatever it was left on the clock, right? This wasn't 16 seconds that he had. Um, but, you know, I was fine with it. You just need better execution late from Drew Holiday. Six seconds and he started taking an afternoon <laughs> stroll. Back. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on here, man? And by the way, Drew Holiday is always a pretty casual looking player. That's the way he plays. So in my head, I was like, well, maybe he knows what's up here. And then he did just get the shot off late. So thankfully he did knock it down because that would have been a shame for him on a night where (laughs) he was on fire. If he had to hit that and it didn't count, it would have been disappointing. Um, In general, the, the one thing that I just find funny about it is that if you don't make the shot in that situation, and again, it's in that situation, he had such a spectacular night, but in that situation, it was Drew Holiday's fault that the shot didn't get off there. Like, it's no one else's fault that he didn't get the shot up. That was just a, whether it was a mental lapse or judgment call, whatever it is. Again, he had a spectacular night, so it's I'm not going to get too upset about it. But that that right there it, it is not Bud's fault. And I think his explanation that keeping the defense a little bit unsettled um, maybe did make some sense, particularly because of the reason you suggested with the guys that were on the floor there. But... The other point to that is I remember countless times where we've had the conversation where the Bucs have taken a timeout 
and the sideline out of bounds plays to get a, a final second shot have been atrocious. So it's not like yeah. the Bucks are rolling with a really strong track record well, here. Well, they've been atrocious, and the other you know out of timeout plays you can think of that have worked for the Bucks. The obviously the Giannis game winner against the Hornets, and we saw that at least once last year too. And then Chris Middleton, um, which feels like it's been a fifty percent success rate in the corner as well. But neither of those two he'll guys are on the floor. He'll get a shot. Yeah, he'll, he'll get a shot, but unless he travels like he did in Utah. But uh, neither of those two guys were on the floor, so it was basically, what are we even doing out of the timeout here, Drew? Just see if you can figure something out and make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I actually did tweet after the game because it was a career high. Still, something that I, I've still got a bone to pick about it's, the fact that I, this I had the, I had the is, same thing. Trip me up. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't well, understand you, how. So, you were technically right. Uh, I'm, we both sort of were, but you at least tweeted career high. I tweeted first career 40-point game for Drew, and then saw, oh, no, because the playoffs exist for a title, but they don't exist in any other fashion in the NBA. So never mind. Just so stupid. I mean, I've actually never had – and people, the listeners can let us know how, how they feel about this, whether it's on YouTube or whatever you can get – in touch with us, but I, I've always find it, found it very strange that the the points and, and stats in the playoffs don't count either because when we talk about the greatest players of all time, it always comes back to championships and it always comes right. back to what they did in the playoffs and then you don't include any of the stats that they have in the postseason. That makes no sense to me at all. It's just very strange. And the fact that Drew Holiday has had a higher point total in a playoff game, but they still call this a career high. It's just very bizarre to me because he had a higher scoring game on a far bigger stage than a random Friday night in New Orleans with nobody playing. Yeah, it was uh, when he ate Damian Lillard's lunch. And I think that was the clinching game too in that four game sweep where he just dominated in that series. So um, I'm with you where I don't get why these don't count and playoff games. If you want to separate the really good from the great, like you said, that's part of it. And also the level of competition goes up and you're doing it in a much different, more difficult setting that that should count. So I guess this is our subtle petition to the league too. Let's just start to incorporate playoff numbers into career numbers as well. And I'm sure that there's a, there will be people that will come up with good reasons why they don't. And then you're not penalizing someone for, uh, you know, for not being having a really that good playoff 82 game player. Yeah. I guess I don't. I don't know. I mean, or players that are loyal to one franchise, for instance, and then haven't played a lot of playoff time. I, I don't. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I just think the, the separate. It's just weird to me. It's just weird to me. But anyway, our listeners will let us know uh, if they agree or they think that uh, we are talking absolute rubbish here. But I am not about to talk absolute rubbish when I talk about Bill Bar. That is for sure because it is the holiday season. In fact, it's hard to believe, but. Uh, Christmas just a couple of days away here. And if you haven't finished your Christmas shopping, there's only one gift that you should be buying for uh, those you love. And that is a big box of Built Bars because they are filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate. Uh, and they're also healthy for them as well. So they can't accuse you of adding to the the poor diet that a lot of people have at this time of year. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all those holiday shoppers or post-holiday shoppers when they're going in for the sales as well. So uh, again, a Built Bar, maybe it's for Christmas lunch. Maybe it's the dessert. Maybe it's a gift itself. Either way, Built Bar is exactly what you want to be getting at this time of year. Just go to 
built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDIN and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And uh, now that you won't have to worry about any of that holiday shopping and everything else you need to deal with, uh, then you have time to jump on betonline.ag, which has you covered for all the props, odds, and lines as football season continues to roll towards the playoffs. Uh, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the sports action this season. There is an updated desktop or mobile uh, website, so you can sign up there today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus, whether it's basketball, football, NHL, a boxing. Shout out to Ron Williams or UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, I, I I don't have much to add from this. Cavaliers game so we're going to pretend that it never happened the Bucks you had to tell me this before we started recording two more nights off what am I going to talk about on this podcast potentially new roster moves potentially new players on the roster welcome back Ursan Ilyasova we'll see what the next couple of days look like but the one thing that I did want to bring up from this Cavaliers game Thanasis now I, I, I saw some Back and forth on Twitter. Some people will agree with me. Some people that won't agree with me here. And I know, listen, shout out to our Greek friends. You might, maybe you won't like this. But Thanasis had a block attempt on Dylan Windler. He face planted the floor. I can't believe that this man got up. And it was just a completely unnecessary and quite frankly, in my opinion, reckless block attempt. Now, I have no doubt that Thanasis is not trying to hurt people on the basketball floor. I did not believe that for a second. He plays with, he's got the the best motor outside of Giannis on this team. He is nonstop, whether he's on the bench, whether he's on the floor. But there's no question. This is not the first time that something like this has happened. And when I've watched him for the last few years, I've said, this is a man that is going to hurt someone one day. And it's going to look really, really, really bad. For him, intention aside, it's going to look really, really bad for him. And this block attempt, you can sit there and say, well, he didn't give up on the play, fine. But when I look at Giannis, when Giannis has these chase down blocks, it's finesse, it's timing. He get, It's not dangerous. He gets his body out of the way. There's never really any danger that he's going to hurt someone. Thanasis was the complete opposite. And I saw some people on Twitter saying, well, he didn't actually make too much contact with him. Windler just slipped off the rim. I'm sorry, but when you're in the air, it takes very little contact. And if you look at the angle that Thanasis jumped at block, this attempt it was right at the body and it's just very dangerous and i always say this to people if you disagree with me that's totally fine but just think i guarantee you if that was Giannis that that face planted the floor twitter would have absolutely exploded with this being one of the dirtiest plays of all time i'm not accusing Thanasis of being dirty but there's no question he's reckless and i I do watch him when he's making plays like this thinking that there is going to be a time where he's going to really hurt someone and i don't want him to do that we love Thanasis. I don't want him to be in a situation where it's something like this happens and looks really bad for him. Yeah, it's um, – I don't even know what the right analogy is because he's – there's no malicious intent behind what he's doing, but at the other side of the coin is, like, you got to be smart about it. Like, what are we trying here? And, and the he didn't give up on the play speak is one thing, but also, I mean, it's, it's difficult for – Bucks fans, especially because Giannis has made many highlights in the last couple of years from these chase down plays and not giving up. But as you pointed to, I mean, he knows the timing and he 
is more precise with that. But still, I think the NBA has to do a better job of protecting guys once they're airborne too, because we're just seeing too much between that and charges. And, and it happens a lot with the charge too, where it's a safety risk and it's charges, it's chase down blocks. The NASA's does a lot of it where you're putting guys at risk. And, and Dylan Windler, I too could not believe he got up. I mean, you knew it was a nasty fall. And then when we did actually see the replay, because the NASA's was actually kind of shielding our view a little bit where you could just see trouble was about to happen when he was getting closer and it kind of shielded the total impact. And when I saw the replay, I couldn't believe that Dylan Windler was able to get up on his own and, and walk off and, and seemingly appear fine as he walked off into the tunnel, but uh, intent or not, it's a dangerous play. And, you know, like you said, if somebody did that, not even Giannis to somebody on the Bucks we would be screaming it's a dirty play and that needs to be a flagrant too. So it's something that I'd, I'd really like to see reeled in from Thanasis, but it's, it's just how he is that I think we've pointed to a lot of that stuff with point Thanasis. And we saw a couple of heat check threes from Thanasis last night where there's a couple of those things that you say, all right, you can do it once, but let's kind of reel that in. And it's the same with those chase down plays of, okay, if, if you have a good line on it, sure. But like, this can't be every fast break. Thanasis is just coming full speed ahead and reckless and just trying to do whatever he can to make sure it's not an easy two. Yeah, come to, uh, the important point that you made is that it does come from a, a really good place because A, he wants to be on the floor. B, he will do literally whatever he can to try and help the team. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it does, even if it's not the intent, it just appears reckless and it, it makes me uncomfortable when I see him charging behind someone, because I'm like, oh my goodness, what is about to happen here? And Bucks fans should know that was the same end of the floor, I believe. It was you know, watching that that Andrew Bogut obviously went down yeah. again in an incident that was far less reckless than anything Thanasis did yesterday. And we saw how that ended up. It doesn't take much. Again, we don't want anything like that happening to Giannis. But quite frankly, we don't want it happening to any player. So it was just uncomfortable. It just made me uncomfortable to see that. I had to mentioned that for sure. So the Bucks will have the Rockets again in a couple of days. Uh, and uh, of course, as we continue to look ahead to Christmas Day, we don't know who's going to be available. We certainly hope that Giannis is going to be out on the floor, but the clock is ticking. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And the Celtics themselves uh, have got a COVID outbreak as well. So who knows what is going to happen here over the next few days. Uh, as we mentioned, of course, the Bucks might have some new players temporarily added to the roster here in the next couple of days. If they follow through on these rules, they definitely will. So by the time we podcast um, tomorrow, we'll be able to discuss whoever joins uh, the ranks here. And the one other point we should make, the one other note that Shams made was uh, that two-way players previously with the 50-day uh, limit with the main roster, that limit is gone. Perfect sense. Shouldn't be a limit anyway. If you've got a two-way player and you want them to come on the floor and play, you should be able to do it. I don't understand. It's been a silly rule anyway. So it makes perfect sense that they've scrapped that uh, right now. Well, and look, I, I think obviously you want a, a different scenario to lead us here. But if there is a positive from this year, for it, it's for the G League, I think, in that um, this is giving the league the excuse that they needed to really take ownership. And I know they have it, but to really take ownership of that and transform that into a development system, much like you see in Major League Baseball with AA and, and AAA baseball, and turn this into an actual feeder system 
where there's more back and forth usage. And it's kind of like the taxi system that we saw MLB use with, with what, three players during the season last year. Uh, now I think we're only one or two teams short of every, all 30 teams having their own G League affiliate. So there's no excuse to not do this. It's, it's always been very ambiguous with the relationship there. I know the Bucks are, are very hand in hand with the herd and most teams have that, um, but it's, it's not universal. So there's no reason for this to not be a full developmental system and treated just like Major League Baseball uses their minor league system. Yeah, no question. And it's actually kind of funny now that you mentioned this, and we are going to wrap this part up, but it is kind of interesting that, uh, that and I think it will eventually end up changing where teams like the Brooklyn Nets can't just come in and, and take the Wisconsin herd player or whatever it is. They, if you have that, that feeder team, I think that you should be able to have the rights to those players. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean we'll see. That's, that's yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing, and it, it's not uh, me trying to rip off the shirt to reveal an NWO shirt and, and reveal that I was secretly <laughs> Team Wenyan Gabriel all along. But it's things like that when you see it and think, why why isn't this just the herd? The Bucks have access to all of those players, and forget the two way thing. Like that just means more priority or more money. But yeah. it, the herd players, that's everybody that you can shuttle back and forth from your roster. Yep, totally agree. All right. Let's leave it there. We don't need to discuss these games from the weekend anymore because it uh, it wasn't all that much fun if you're a Bucks fan. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow, a couple of days off before the Bucks play again, as I mentioned. Uh, don't forget to check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling as well. If you're into that thing, those guys have got you covered. But as far as Locked On Bucks goes, uh, hit us up with some feedback from whatever we discussed today. Uh, unleash your rage on me about my tenacity take if you absolutely need to and in the meantime we'll take it easy we'll be back tomorrow for Justin and myself catch you guys at the end.